your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talking text line. If you're watching on Facebook Live, you'll see a fancy, snazzy-dressed fire chief. Pretty snazzy. I mean, ah. I feel like I, I wouldn't even want to be a fireman if I had to wear that. Like, I just wouldn't. It's be be annoying to have to be dressed up. Like, look at what I'm wearing every day. You look more comfortable shirt. than me. Yeah, I feel like I'll be like, oh, I'm out. I, you guys, when they start making me dress up, then I'll be like, ah, I don't know. It's gonna be tough. Um, all right, so we got you for the hour. Got a bunch of things we can talk about. Some other things that I, I think uh, would be just off the wall because you like to come in here and just kind of shoot the breeze a little bit too yeah do they uh, know who you're even talking to yet because you have did said, i not say your name i don't think oh, so i didn't yet. say your name I, I, oh, maybe they know i've been on more than you recently i think yeah, so right. fire chief ken gilliam did hey, I, everybody did I blow right by that I, I feel like if they're i feel like people were looking at it but no we got like, hung up on the duck rescue conversation right before the wire there so <laughs> yeah. fire chief ken gilliam in with me and where he's literally in with me because uh we've been doing this uh during a pandemic and over over the phone which uh, you know, is, is, is sometimes better, sometimes tougher to do. It just, uh, I can get you, uh, wherever you are in the world. Um, have you been good somebody, and bad with that though? Good somebody told me last week. So uh, we want to talk about this duck rescue that your, your guys have, but somebody said, cause I texted, uh, somebody <laughs> I texted or emailed and they like, Ken's on vacation. I was like, Ken's on vacation, but you, were you on vacation last week? No, I was, uh, I was on the road a little bit, but, uh, I, Track my hours. I think I still worked about forty or fifty hours last week, but doing some family stuff and just got away for a few days. But do you, yeah. do you end up on vacation, but also then on some Zoom City committee? Yeah, pretty much with uh, with all the uh, video meetings and every all the balls we have in the air right now. It was like the uh, worst time to leave, but I was helping a couple of my uh, my adult children continue to uh, spread their wings and get out of my house and uh, <laughs> get get them into stable uh, housing and. Uh, yeah, it worked out. Have so. you kicked your son out? I remember we talked. Me and your son talked quite a bit uh, that that one day when the oh um, chance, yeah, chance. Uh, is he still? Is he's still him? in town? No, okay. he's still around. He's uh, he's waiting to go to uh, basic for the air force, and uh, he's hanging around lacrosse this summer, playing music and kind yeah. of enjoying it before uh, reality sets into the military. I think, yeah, so. I tried to get him set up with the. We we do some music on Friday nights upstairs here, um, but chance is like incognito on on facebook messenger so i lost i could i guess i could have texted you. i'll, I'll have him reach out to you i <laughs> offered to bring him in here today but he's a busy guy yeah he's right. nomadic um, so. he was saying too he was doing uh you know whatever his other job is he's he was also doing like some of the either either like uber or, or maybe doordash something where he's doing yeah food. he's he's constantly hustling and but you know you you worry about your kids but the the guys hiked across like spain and france twice already and he's only 24 so it's kind of like ah uh, he's having a little bit more fun than me so yeah, a little bit more yeah. uh um all right so can i can we get into the, the i think this will be a quick conversation because it's, it's rather and, and another friend of mine in la crescent had done a duck rescue too i think they've <laughs> The little baby ducks, the ducklings themselves. I think they lost mama, and they had to. I, I should ask Lisa where that ended up if she's listening. Lisa, let us know. But 
Um, did you guys find it? The, the, is it the old storm drain thing where the ducks fall in the storm yeah, drain again? Yeah, pretty much. I, I wasn't there. I wasn't working, and I it's not something that they'd probably even bring to my attention. I think I actually got a text from you that alerted me to the duck rescue. So, yeah, yeah we saved some ducks, so I'm glad. Yeehaw, right? Yeah. Um, it's always, uh, how many times a year do you think that happens? Very few duck rescues in the lacrosse area, but we were happy to serve that day. That, that's a good the duck thing, community. Too, right? the, yeah. the, du- the, the, uh, the ducks uh, aren't falling through storm drains. Is the you you guys don't you're not in charge of storm drains so that's not a right but I mean it, no it's, I don't run the streets you're not and sewer you're not a big storm no. drain in the town so no. I feel like I'm thankful uh, for them though I'm thankful for well them. I feel like the like cities that are updating getting updates uh, the storm drains is one of those things they are updating so ducks can't fall we're doing that just for the ducks I think so they can and debris it'd be good to keep the debris out of there I cannot speak to that but no. interesting. Um, all right, so so you were you were on the road, but then I I know Brad bugged me uh, earlier this week. Was it this week or maybe it was last week? That yeah, you better call Ken because he uh, he was in on this Holman. So we got to talk about that, right? A little bit of yeah. uh, uh, like hooking up with some of the area area fire departments. Yeah, kind of more of the regional dialogue that's been going on for a few years now. Um, yeah. What else can we get you in trouble about? You got a new mayor? Has he put the hammer down on what the fire department is doing? He's not dropped the hammer yet. Not yet. No. No, Ma- not yet. Mayor Mitch is uh, doing well. I think he's drinking from the proverbial fire hose of information, but he's doing well and he keeps showing up for work every day. So that's a good sign. Um, do you have to bring him up to speed on on a lot of stuff? I mean, he feel like you guys obviously you you guys have talked yeah. you know over the years, but then there's a different different situation now where he's sort of your boss, I guess. Yeah, he's he's my direct supervisor. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's certainly not a micromanagerial type of relationship, but I I feed him as much information as he wants to hear. Uh, he had a real good strategy coming in the the first couple of weeks, uh, very structured meetings with all the department heads. And kind of working down through a priority list of getting him up to speed on just everything that is going on in lacrosse and with each of our departments. So, um, you know, we're doing a tremendous data dump on him and a lot of new council members, but it's it's going good. So, um, and then, are you still living in a closet in City Hall, or have you moved out? Um, I've slowly migrated back to Station One, but we're going to be remodeling that this summer, so I'm going to be moving out again. So I'm I'm staying in my backpack. I might be in here before it's all over. We're <laughs> we're running out of space to put people right now, so. All right, that's Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. we got to get Rick doing the news. I recorded the news right before the show, so it's going to be weird to see me and you talking while I'm also reading the news. But that's what's going to happen if you're watching on Facebook Live. We'll be back after this. That's good I, on a rainy day. I just I just grabbed. There we go. You hear that? The, uh, little saxophone. This is Kenny G. Really? I've never called you Kenny G before. I can't believe it. Yeah, it's it's too easy. Don't go there. <laughs> I don't play the sax. No. You look like Kenny G either. I'm sorry. <laughs> Lost all my hair. Tragic. <laughs> Kenny G is like the opposite of you when it comes to hair. Um, that's Ken Gilliam. Kenny G otherwise, but he doesn't want us to call him that, of course. Uh, Fire Chief of Lacrosse. Uh, how many years now? I always forget. It's coming up on four. Four years. Fourth okay. anniversary uh, coming up in July. I think the, summer. I think at some point, the be, be, beginning of the pandemic, I was like, yeah, you've been here about a year. And you're like, no, dude, three yeah, years. Been, yeah. just, like, goes by about. really fast. Uh, we've already covered the duck situation, which Ken wasn't apprised a, a, a to. 
But uh, th- thanks for rescuing some ducks. Yeah, no, Dude, the ducks survived. They're probably out having a great day today. Is so. protocol then? I always my show is becoming an animal show. Is protocol then the Cooley Region Humane Society comes and helps you guys after that because you don't have trained duck specialists? I honestly animals. don't know if that happened or if they just let the ducks go. Maybe the ducks just oh, wanted maybe. to go yeah, do duck was, stuff. If yeah. mom was right there, they just let them. Uh, you maybe you maybe you help them off the road. At yeah, least, something like that. Uh, but yesterday I talked to um, Cody Red. Uh, let me see. I got it. Cody Rakovich, who was the Lacrosse County Sheriff's de- deputy who chased down the emu, so we had a conversation about that yesterday. Emu is a much uh, bigger animal than a duck. That's interesting. <laughs> no, none of your fire guys have had to do any like cow wrangling or, or, or not bear. in recent memory, but no. yeah, there's been a few animal things. Because that would be, you know, just I mean, whoever gets to the call first, if there's something yeah. crazy going on, like some of your first responders might be chasing emus around town. Yeah, I think uh, we certainly rescue a lot of animals at, uh, at structure fires at houses and uh, cats and dogs. A lot of people care more about their pets and their children these days. So, you know, it's, it's certainly something we're watching for. And uh, very common to see a firefighter carrying a, an animal out during an incident like that. And uh, depending on the size of the animal, like it's kind of interesting, too. But we do try to take care of the pets. So. I, I would say click-wise with, with news stories, you save, I mean, if you save a baby, that's going to that's gonna. That's important. Yeah. But if you just save some 30-year-old guy, you're, I don't know if you got him, your, your fire, fireman's carrying him out of a, a window, that's going to be okay. But if it's a kitten, way more people are going to Oh, yeah, about award-winning that. photography on the kitten rescues. <laughs> yeah, right. Absolutely. People are going to be, they care, for some reason, people care way more about, like, if you, you did or didn't rescue the dog or the cat rather than the old guy that was, you know, not old guy, but just the, the 30-year-old guy that was in there. Um <laughs> How many fire calls do you think you, you, you – is the fire calls picking up now that we're kind of getting out of a pandemic, is, like literal fire calls? Yeah, it's been interesting watching the data both locally and kind of nationally. Uh, definitely dropped off last spring and into the summer. Um, it, it is picking back up, so we're kind of back on track and assessing what happened over the past year. Um, I would say numbers are steady, if not increasing. Uh, one of the things we've noticed is there's still a lot of uh, people that are – uh, trying to take themselves to the hospital versus calling, you know, fire and EMS to get an ambulance ride in. And I think that's just, you know, people are so in the mode of limiting contact and afraid of some things. So uh, we've been doing a little bit of push on, you know, if, if you're having chest pain or difficulty breathing, call 911. We're still in business. And you think uh, let us come help you. you. Don't try driving pandemic? yourself to the hospital. You think that's pandemic? Man, I think that's I health know. insurance related. It could be too. It's yeah. like a 1200 I don't know exactly, but I'm guessing it's like a $1,000 or more bill to, to have an ambulance. Yeah. Come. It's, you know, if you're having crushing chest pain radiating down your left arm, don't try to drive yourself to the hospital, though. Let's, yeah, you know, the, we'll there, work it out. There's some degrees so, to that. Yeah. You, you, uh, you know, like I would. I would I would be hard pressed to uh, uh, not call an ambulance if I'm having some kind of ridiculous pain. But on other occasions, it'd be like if I cut myself pretty bad, I'd be like, yep. "All right, uh, I guess I'm going to try to do this on my own." Yeah. <laughs> but there, you don't recommend any of that being in your position. Well, you know, if you can, if you you know, if it's a minor cut, you can get yourself to medical care. That's that's wonderful. Save yourself an ambulance bill. But you know, right. when it's when it's beyond your means to control, and I think all of us at different ages and uh, different positions in life just to get to that level of of need sooner than others yeah we need to live in a society ken where we don't have to worry about the ambulance bill that's where i'm at i yeah i uh that would be nice so um okay so we 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 mentioned this a little bit but uh we talk about this a lot the idea that uh well let's go with the kmart situation the kmart the the old kmart site they want to rename it first and i said viaduct views how do you like that for a new name yeah, we've got like I, river point nah, here. No, nah. 
maybe. Well, that was sarcasm. Like Viaduct views is a terrible. terrible. I suggested the cool place around the fire station. That <laughs> the was the. But you, <laughs> so it's an eight-acre lot. You you have talked. So your fire station that you have, what number is that? Uh, so station three is uh, just a couple blocks away, uh, right across from Central High School on Losey. Okay. There. And your, if you had your way, you would build a new fire station on the Kmart lot in a corner there? Yeah. So as we looked at our data modeling and, and really a, a 10-year assessment of call volume, we're using computer modeling to tell us where the stations go. And you guys have heard plenty enough about stations over the last year or so. But um, no matter where we move any of the other stations or anything we do, um, the modeling really like that Kmart site. So back in 2019, the, the company that actually acquired the property, uh, we, we sent them a letter of intent that if they wanted to look at some sort of public-private partnership, uh, we'd definitely like to partner up and and then uh, you know move a couple blocks over. It's a it's a better vantage point for us, and I think uh, anytime we can take a a tax exempt property and stack taxable revenue above it or around it, that's a win for the community. A lot of times those taxes can be structured or those incentives can be structured to help us pay for a public facility without actually just having to go out and take out a loan and pay interest for 20 years. So, so you would have a, a fire station on the first floor and then something above it. Yeah, there's a lot of communities. Uh, I think uh, there's a community up in Canada that put a uh, batter women, battered women's and children's shelter above their fire station. Uh, restaurants, um, housing complexes, you know, 55 and older or low-income housing. Uh, we took a field trip over to the uh, city of Madison. Uh, their headquarters building in downtown is a rather large fire station, but it's got 14 stories of apartments on top of it. And it's kind of a cool deal. It's like it doesn't directly correlate, but the, the taxable revenues off of those apartment complexes actually equal the cost of running that station annually. So it's really a kind of a cool story for the city of Madison with what they did there. Um, what about the uh, the old people that are living above a fire station? What about that? Because I feel like the trucks are loud at some point. Well, I think, you know... As you look at demographics, the older people are the ones that sometimes need the medical assistance. So having a paramedic on the first floor of your building would actually kind of speed up some of the response times. And, uh, and they would, can't hear anyway. Yeah, it'd be good. Uh, but, yeah, noise is always the first thing that pops into people's mind. Yeah. But I, I'm like, go go sit out in front of a station. You know, you know, a lot of our responses we're running to routine. We're not running with red lights and sirens screaming because there's more risk sometimes than just driving normally through traffic to get to something that's a low prioritization. For the high priority things, where we know we've definitely got a fire working or something like that, the sirens are going, but it's not that immediate. And, and quite frankly, with the station two blocks away, they're going to hear the sirens either way. Either so way, yeah. we're, we try to be uh, respectful of our neighbors. You know, if it's two in the morning, I don't think the guys are flipping on the siren right as they pull out the door. You know, they're getting down the block in a way a little bit and uh, hitting the sirens when they need them to start clearing intersections. All right. So the Madison place is 14 stories. You said if uh, if you guys had that here and somebody on the 14th floor <laughs> needed medical assistance, are we sprinting up the stairs or taking the elevator where there's slow elevator music playing and it would be really weird to be like okay come on elevator i don't know like i don't know 14 floor seems like what's a the lot speed of the elevator and what's right. the fitness level of the firefighter i'm not positive do they make elevators specialized for maybe emergencies where a firefighter would have access to be able to make it go really fast so all elevators have a key system there's usually a lockbox outside the elevator and we've got a special key we get into uh we can take over the controls so we can we can bypass all the floors and get to wherever we want to go and take over manual control of the elevator systems at any building like that. 
Um, yeah, stuff I've never thought about. Obviously, there's a, you know, when you're... There's a useless a while, tidbit of info for you today, a, yeah. It's been a while since I've been in an elevator, too, because I just don't use elevators a whole lot. And obviously, there's all that emergency stuff. If you can take there. the stairs, take the stairs. Right. healthier. It, yeah, and I, I feel like uh, at some point, there's a, you're going to be a little bit faster on the stairs. But once you get to that apartment that somebody needs, you don't want to be out of breath. So Yeah, <laughs> you, you got to remember, too, if you've got a 200-pound patient, you know, you're going up 10 flights of stairs, you got to get him back down, too. So an elevator would come in the handy. The elevator would that, come, yeah. come in handy going down. But you going up, uh, you know, you're taking a hit of oxygen. You're giving your, your, <laughs> the person you're trying to help. Um, okay, so you, you said it would be uh, it would be better. I'm looking at a map now. So the, the station that you're at, number three, is, is right by Central High School. Yep. If you just want to go, what, four blocks up and then a block maybe over, yeah. and then just on the other side of, what is that, State Road? Just, yeah, right across from Festival there. Do, do most of the calls yeah. just come north of State Road and it would just be easier or what? No, I, I think, you know, as you look at the mapping of the city, there's some, you know, it's like our Station 2 that we're working on up by La Crosse and West Avenue. Uh, the, the one on the north side is close to uh, West and George. Major arteries get us to you know, faster to other areas of the city. So um, where we built that station in 1967 is still true to where we need a station at. Um, and it's just, uh, it's maybe a, a second or two better. The real opportunity is, you know, that public-private piece. And then also versus remodeling the current station, starting with something new so that we're not dumping a bunch of money into something built in 1967. So you're going to pawn off the remodel of Station 3 on somebody else, right? <laughs> well, I think, you know, that then that property there becomes a development opportunity. I know they had the Naval Yard uh, behind it, and that's all become residential housing. I, I think, uh, you know, I'm not a real estate mogul, but there's a lot of traffic going by there. If you if you put a coffee shop in that corner, the, the high school kids would probably, you know, make it a mint. So Yeah, high there, school kids are drinking coffee now. Yeah. I didn't even know what coffee was. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, something developmental-wise, if we moved a couple blocks away, you know, maybe uh, that could be part of the down payment on the project is utilizing that old space for something else for the community. I mean, it makes sense, too. You don't want to, if if the building that you're in, number three, is going to be remodeled, let somebody that's going to use it for whatever business they're going to use it for remodel yeah. it, and then you guys would be move, move uh, up the block a couple of ways. Couple of, well, move up a couple of blocks. All right. Uh, that's Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. He's going to join us for the rest of the the show here, but I got to get uh, Scott's comment. Yes, it's Scott's comment. Tomorrow's Anthony Chagoski's comment, just for the record. And then uh, Rick doing the news. We'll be back after this. Went back to Penny G. You're going to make people drive off the road. Kenny G. It's a rainy day. You got to pep this up. Oh, man. All right. Let's see. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Next break. I don't, uh, I just do the same songs every time. So when you ask me to play like a, a upbeat song, I can't think of it. Like I can't, I don't have like the wherewithal to, I'll just go to my, to my well of like kind of nineties rock and then like some weird rap that nobody wants to listen to either. So, uh, that's Ken, Ken Gilliam, not Kenny G. Ken Gilliam, fire chief in La Crosse County. Uh, not La Crosse County, City of La Crosse. Uh, we were just talking about, uh, we do the show off the air too. It's almost as interesting <laughs> as a show on the air. We're talking about, uh, Jason texted in kind of a funny text. Uh, as we talk about putting a fire station five blocks away where the Kmart site is versus, and I'm guessing five blocks, uh, instead of in front of Central High School, Jason texted in, I hope the modeling system that you're using, Ken, is the the one that they're, the game SimCity uses. 
Um, and if anyone doesn't know SimCity, essentially you you just make a city and it goes over time. It's not real time, obviously, but a you know uh, years take minutes, and the city you have to build the city over time. And uh, if you put a fire state, if you don't put any fire stations in your city, it burns down. Right on. And if you do put a fire station in, there's a big circle that the the station will be able to you know it'll be able to cover this section of your city. And you said that's not all that dissimilar to what you guys, uh, the, how the modeling yeah. system you use? Uh, so, yeah, I've never played the game, but in a, in a way it is. Uh, so as we, we look at call volume and density and things like that, um, national standards. So there's a national consensus standard out there by the uh, National Fire Protection Association. Uh, a best-case scenario is that you have a, a fire engine four minutes drive time from our driveway to your driveway. Now, obviously, you can't make that perfect, especially in a real long city like La Crosse. So you try to hedge your bets and, and move things around to be smart. But our goals are uh, first rig uh, at your doorstep within four minutes. And then for, for a working house fire, uh, we need 14 people within the first eight minutes to effectively do what we do mm-hmm. and, and have a chance of stopping the fire. Um, and we are meeting or exceeding those those standards as we're currently established. As the cities kind of continue to grow to the south as well as at uh, the northeast corner up to the north and our partnership with Madari, the, the southern end and the northern end, there's certainly some gaps. And as you look at where our fire stations are, they're, they're along the Mississippi River where the city started, and the city has also grown outwards to the bluff. So it's it's... It's really looking at the next 50 to 80 years on where the city's at now, where it's predicted to go, and, and reestablishing kind of those center points where we want those rigs to make sure we're evenly dispersed and also can effectively get around the city. Are you in an advantage a little bit because there is a river and a bluff, so you don't have to worry at least east and west so much? Yeah, so it's a narrow city. Um, you know, the, the flip side is there's quite a few uh, rail crossings and a couple of trains coming through a day, so a lot of those rail crossings start to screw with plans because do you when you can't see if a train's coming do you take a gamble that you can get across the tracks or do you go maybe a minute longer around the other way that you can you know there's a bridge and uh, so a lot goes into it factoring factoring things like that and and, and making sure that we're uh, trying to uh, give everybody at least as close as possible to an equal response Uh, obviously if you live towards downtown with a lot more vertical development we've got a much heavier contingent of firefighters towards the downtown area just with uh, the potential for high-rise fire and a much heavier fire load in the fire district there yeah and if you you if you have your fire station where i want it at viaduct views otherwise known as the kmart that might catch on there's there's no uh you don't have to worry about the train there at least um yep and you can see why it likes that versus going down to ward avenue and trying to get across there there's a train coming through there every once in a while and so the safe bet coming out of our current station is to go north and up and over. If we were there, you could just take a left or yeah. right out the door and get it done. So when when you talk about the, uh, the most of the calls, do do most of the calls happen downtown? Is there just like a red spot, or is there is there just like this is the worst part of the city for fire? Well, I, I think calls happen everywhere, but density of calls happens towards downtown. We've we've got heat maps um, that we can share and. Uh, it, you know, it, it shows repetitive call volume. We know where our top 10 response areas are. Um, definitely that, that area of the urban core of downtown is where there's a heavier load for fire and, and medical emergencies. You know, as you approach out to the bluffs, it's where we get into more of our technical rescue incidents and, and um, you know, more residential house fires or residential, you know, type of medical calls where we're going to. 
Uh, so, so essentially, right now you can hit four minutes. You can hit just about everywhere. No. So no. down now to the south side, we've uh, we've got property purchased at thirty third Mormon Cooley. That's the future home of uh, Fire Station Five. Um, we're trying to take care of some of the existing buildings uh, as the uh, ongoing uh, discussions go between Lacrosse and Shelby on the boundary agreement. So there's some tracks of land down there that could potentially come in for new housing developments on the southern end of town, and it's just going to continue to stress what we're already seeing. So all the way down to the south edge of Lacrosse, we're coming out of that station on Losey. So we've uh, we we showed the uh, the fire station task force in 2017 agreed that we needed to add a fifth station down that way. Uh, we've reached out to the town of Shelby to see if they'd uh, consider partnering on either just a joint station or, or kind of collaboratively working on something that works for both of us. Uh, likewise, uh, with our contract with Madari and our, our lacrosse residences and businesses up towards the mall, uh, we've also reached out to Alaska just about the potential of uh, maybe something where we share some space or something. Uh, Lacrosse and on Alaska both need something over in that mall area for a future fire station someday. So something good might come together there eventually. All right, headphones. Number yeah. three is calling in. Your your nemesis. Number three. <laughs> I love number three. Let's do it. Number three. Go ahead. You're on the air. How's it going, there, boys? It's good. You hear? That's good. I was listening to you. We want a new fire station on the north side. One on Lacrosse Street. Uh, one on the south end of Lacrosse, and one at Kmart. At five million dollars a pop, that's twenty million dollars for new fire stations. The way I figure it. That's a, that's a good rough estimate. You can see why we're trying to get some uh, development partners to pick up some of that cost to uh, support other developments and, and get a fire I station don't think built. those other partners really want to put any money in this game. Do you? Uh, yeah, we've got some that are interested. There's some, uh, there's some incentives and some different deals that uh, can help with costs that they have in, in different districts of the city to, uh, to make it fiscally attractive to them to at least talk to us and consider working with us. Sounds good. Now, one other thing. You got nine pieces of property up on the north side that you bought to put a fire station up there. I was just figuring if you paid $100,000 for each house, that's $900,000 you bought houses for, right? We bought seven houses. Um, well, the paper says there's nine to be demolished. Uh, there's, we bought seven. Uh, there may be a couple of outbuildings like garages. So there's some detached garages and things. But we bought seven pieces of property. Um, I think we're looking at a, by that time you get them all bought and knocked down, we've got another million dollars in that. Oh, uh, that's pretty close to accurate, yeah. I mean, the, okay, the cost right. of property is expensive, and um, we've, we've got to make a dent somewhere so we can get a properly sized fire station built for the north side. So One other question. Do you go ahead. Plan on building or redoing Market Street with the police department? Um, not right now. I think uh, we're, we're we've got some other higher priorities with Station Two and Four, as well as um, on, on the eastern side of the city. I, I think the one at Fifth and Market will be the last one to move. Um, quite frankly, uh, the modeling, if everything else played out, it wants to drop down south of Jackson, kind of between uh, where Mocha and uh, Gunderson Hospital are. So, is is you know perfect world. We'll certainly uh, work with our planning department and, and potentially partners like the brewery and other places if there's some opportunities to uh, build collaboratively a little bit further south someday. Uh, right now, the one at Fifth and Market will probably be sitting around for the foreseeable future. Uh, we're doing a remodel there to take care of some of the ADA and gender equity issues that we've currently got. And it was really a, about a 10-year remodel to buy us time at that facility while we work on replacing some of the ones that are in more critical condition. All right. Then uh, 
I noticed you bought a piece of property south of Fire Station on Logie Boulevard for a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Why would you? Why would the city buy that south of that fire station on Losey if you're considering about going five blocks over to Kmart? So we were trying to do something with Kmart, and that uh, that story went cold. I think we had a little pandemic last year, and uh, the development world really tapped the brakes and weren't doing anything. Uh, the house directly south of Fire Station Number Three became available. Uh, it was about $120,000 for the record, and uh, what it would allow us to do is to expand that station by adding on a couple of extra bays and then using the current base space for some of the needs we have. Uh, the study we presented to council in 2017 uh, indicated that that station was about half the size of what we need. Uh, so there's plans there to expand and, and essentially gut and remodel that entire station. Uh, however, we haven't, other than buying that house, we haven't invested in anything in that station yet. So there's still time, hopefully, for the uh, with the Kmart property development uh, for something kind of cool to happen there where the city's just not taking out a loan on the taxpayers' back. So I'm, I'm optimistic, and we're certainly uh, we're gonna, we're focusing on the two Northside stations first before we move down to that Station 3 discussion. Okay, sounds good, and thank you for answering my question. Thanks, number three. All right, thanks for the call. Man, he had a whole list there for you. He's yeah, he he keeps me honest. I I expected his call, so it's good. Well, the 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 last thing there, the idea of buying a house, uh, you're buying a pro. Well, it was a house, right? Uh, the way real estate's going, we could probably sell that at a profit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. You know, I think to the north side too. I know a lot of people up there are a little frustrated. I've met with the north side community group recently. Um, we're still planning on building there, but the uh, the historic preservation commission did uh, get that old fire station uh, designated as historic. So now the city's got to uh, do an RFP process to see what's going to become of that. Uh, what what'll probably happen is instead of uh, building vacating that alley and building over the top of the old station, we're going to end up building a smaller, uh, probably two story station on the other side of the alley and, and taking advantage of those properties. So it's it's not going to go to waste. Uh, it's just we have to stop and wait now for the uh, the building that was declared historic uh, to determine what that's going to be before we can proceed with what's left of the site up there. And um, I, I know a lot of people are frustrated, but it's just one of those things where you know all all opinions are considered, and it's the way it ended up. So uh, we've moved over to our strategy at Lacrosse in Oakland for Station Number Two. Uh, we're moving feverishly on that this summer, and I'm hopeful that council will be supporting funding for uh, Station 4 on the north side next year, if possible. When all that stuff happens, obviously, then the like you need things to be done, and then all this stuff takes time. Is there a point where you know, like, actually, the the clock's running out? Uh, we we actually have to have we have to have an answer here. Yeah, I, I think it is. You know, when you look at it from a risk management strategy, we, we've got a lot of critical issues uh, inside of the fire station, just the conditions of the building, and then the working conditions for our staff, and, and really the response needs. We uh, we've certainly proven that you know we we have trucks that don't even fit in that north side station, and. Uh, we, we need a, a few bays up there to get some additional equipment on the north side. So it, it's going to happen eventually, and, and, a, and it's not going to get any cheaper. I, I think right now the, the building industry, the, you know, uh, commodities are, are like hostily priced. And uh, every year the, the number just seems to go up. So I'm, I'm hopeful. I think the community spoke loud and clear that they support these projects. I know the council has a lot of priorities. Uh, and, again, I'm, I'm hopeful that here within the next uh, one or two years we're going to have at least a couple going. And if, if some private developers can step up and help fill some voids, um, we might get ahead of a really large money curve. With the tearing down a couple of houses, I don't know if you've started that process yet on the north side. Um, are you selling that wood on the black market because wood prices have gone through the roof? 
Uh, yeah, I wish. We, we have, uh, we've been working with Habitat for Humanity to come through and uh, take everything out that they want. So certainly they're recycling a lot of uh, things there. And then we did actually just get a bid at least to know what it's going to uh, cost to tear those down. Um, I know there were some concepts where they come in and, and utilize and re recycle versus landfilling it. Um, those We haven't made a decision on those bids. I think it was due at the end of this week. But uh, We'll, uh, we're going to see at least what that number's at and, and what that looks like. So, But we're trying to be as economical as possible with those structures. I think you should be making them pay to tear your house down the way uh, you, the, the way that the prices of wood are going. Yeah, and maybe we can have a raffle or something up there and <laughs> spend a Saturday auctioning if, off pieces funny, of wood. I have so. a friend that wants to build a, a deer stand, but obviously you can't build a deer stand buying wood from Menards right now because it's so expensive or just wood from any store in general. Uh, so he's looking at Facebook Marketplace to see if anyone has like a little shed to tear down because that would be easy. Uh, sure. And I keep finding like old barns. I'm like, here's a giant barn to tear down. He's like, I can't handle a project like that. Yeah, obviously, we you know we want to be respectful of that neighborhood and not have it just turn into a disaster zone. So there, at a certain point in time, you're you're going to have to demo some of it. But we are trying to uh, utilize the resources we got to be you know to keep as much of it out of the landfill as possible. Yeah, you can't have just John and Chip come come tear yeah. down the house because they probably won't do it uh, yeah as, as, and as for, we were supposed to be breaking ground in like april or may this year so you know we're certainly bummed out and frustrated but we're moving on um one one advantage we have this summer our, our training staff are having a ball we've got a recruit academy going right now and and we've been rotating all the crews up there uh, we've got like a little training community up there so there's been a lot of uh, fire department training going on in those houses and uh, we're, we're trying to take advantage of the delays. Uh, I know we just uh, worked with the Northside group to put in a community garden up there that they're building just south of the station. And we're trying to make lemon, you know, lemonade out of lemons right now. So, All right, that's Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. Right, one more quick break. We'll be back in literally one and a half minutes. All right, welcome back to the Trust Talk. Yeah, you won't need right. uh, A couple minutes left here. Ken Gilliam's in. We got... We got a little bit of time, Ken, but I want to talk about the, or I want you to talk about the, the idea that we might, lacrosse, we, the city of lacrosse, might link up with the Holman Fire Department. There's some, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, shared services shared agreement service. is what we're going with. Okay. Um, yeah, so. Um, we need a better phrase for that. In December of, uh, in December of 2020, the uh, Wisconsin Policy Forum uh, published a report on shared fire and EMS opportunities. I think the, uh, the the Holman Area Fire Department's board and those three communities that make up that board looked at that report as an opportunity to address some issues they have up there, uh, a significant decline in volunteerism for firefighters. And, um, you know, they've got partial staffing there, uh, but not enough to cover around the clock. So uh, they hired a consulting group. Uh, the consultants looked at the report as well as kind of assessed situations. And they reached out to both Onalaska and La Crosse Fire Departments to see if we'd be interested in partnering on you know, what if or, or wherever we go. Um, we were certainly interested. I think I've been, you know, talking about this regionalism discussion since I walked in the yep. door here. Um, and uh, so we've engaged with them. Uh, I think on Alaska has certainly uh, been showing up at some meetings and they're kind of waiting to see how things are working out with us. Uh, what we have on the table right now, we're in the final steps of uh, negotiating a shared fire administration uh, MOU or memorandum of understanding which would essentially put me and my administration in charge of the management of the Holman Fire Department. And then it would really turn into a long-term negotiation about what does that look like? How do we, how do we increase their staffing, whether it's volunteers uh, paid on premise or, or career firefighters uh, getting their, their folks uh, cross-trained with ours and kind of working through that initial year of a lot of things that we have to figure out. 
Um, I think we're really close. Uh, all three communities uh, voted unanimously to proceed with it. The Holman uh, Fire Board uh, voted unanimously to proceed with it, and it's uh, coming up to our council here within the next month. So uh, it's going to be a heavy lift, but I'm really op optimistic about the opportunity, I guess, is the best way to put it. On Alaska and Holman keep growing, I believe. Uh, you, you know, there is a river there, so they can only grow in a couple directions. But uh, is there a point where a, a fire department needs to turn into a fire department and can't just be volunteer because maybe the, the volunteers are working full-time jobs as volunteers? Yeah, no, I mean, volunteer career combo, they're, they're all fire departments. We all train to the same standards. It's just um, at a certain point in time, any community gets to a size where the call volume and the demands outweigh what you have available in a volunteer right. model. Otherwise, um, La Crosse would be yeah. going up to Onalaska. All the th is Onalaska's fire department volunteer? They're combination. So they've got full-time yeah. on duty 24-7 around the clock, and then they've okay. got a contingent of uh, paid-on calls that come in. So um, volunteering is becoming less and less. Most of the volunteer departments are paying a, a stipend or an hourly wage, so it's really more of a part-time job. Yeah. Uh, Holman actually has five full-timers, and they're down to nine or ten uh, volunteers, I think. So what they're looking at is, is utilizing us for some managerial oversight while we, we look at moving to more of a paid on premise where there's part-time firefighters coming in to work to fill some critical shifts and get them to a 24-hour, 24-7 model of coverage. Right now, they've got coverage during the day, but at night, they're totally reliant on people coming in from home. And um, it's just, uh, you know, with the dwindling numbers of their volunteers up there, it's, it's been a struggle for them to put out an effective uh, force like we were talking about earlier. Yeah, there must be a, either a call volume number or a population number where uh, they, they have to hit a quota of having this many full-time firefighters or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it's, you know, there's a lot of different models and I, you know, I don't, we don't have enough time to get into it today, <laughs> but it's, um, I think, you know, optimally, if, if you can have a, a crew of three or four firefighters sitting in their existing station, that's better than having no firefighters sitting in that station. So really the first hump is, is getting them fully staffed around the clock. Um, and then really looking at a lot of the data we've been talking about, like with lacrosse, really looking at their call volume and the growth predictions. Do they need a second station? Do they need more full-time or more volunteers? And working through that, you know, that'll take a couple of years to dialogue and look at. Uh, right now they're kind of in a, in a position where they need a fire chief. And, uh, I again, I was kind of humbled they reached out to us to uh, see if we would engage with them. So Who's got the bus station, like literal physical building? Like uh, you, if you look at Onalaska or Homa, you've been like, man, your station's way better than my 80-year-old building. Um, Onalaska's got the newest station. It's okay. a nice station, yeah. It's uh, they, they did well up there. So, so I see what good. you're doing. You're trying to link up with Onalaska. So you put your office in there. No, I, uh, I, no, I want to link up with Onalaska. I, 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 like I said, I, I think uh, we're stronger together. Whether we stay independent entities, the, the deal with Holman right now is we're really talking about a managerial contract, a service contract. Yeah. The two entities are staying separate, so the budgets, everything stays as is. It's just this initial first step of, of trying to assist them in assessing what's going on and how to, how to move. Now, if that moves to more of a, a, a definitive collaborative effort where we uh, merge or, or align or whatever word you want to use, um, that's potentially there, but that's really up to the elected leaders after they, you know, digest all the data that we, we come up with. So. And all that, would you say all that talk is happening with every, even La Crescent, every city kind of, hey, like, how do you guys, because you guys obviously have to have conversations about how you're going to assist each other anyway. Yeah, if, you, if anybody listening hasn't seen it, the uh, if you go to Wisconsin Policy Forum, just do a Google search, uh, you'll see the La Crosse County Fire and EMS uh, Shared Services study they did. Uh, La Crescent was involved, Shelby, La Crosse, on Alaska, Holman, and Farmington. Um, and they looked at a lot of numbers. They, you know, they showed that um, the 
residents in Holman per capita are paying an average of about 38 bucks for their fire department annually. Residents in La Crosse are paying about 193 per you know per capita. Um, it's a it's a huge gap in a number, um, but for 200 bucks a year, I think the La Crosse Fire Department delivers a pretty big bang for your buck. You know, it's it's less than a cup of coffee a day. So, uh, West Salem kind of out too far out to, to be part of that conversation? Uh, West Salem, uh, Bangor, Burns, and Campbell Fire Departments were invited. All three of those organizations declined to be involved in the study, but they were certainly referenced. I think, um, you know, opportunities still exist there, and I think this uh, this Holman agreement between La Crosse and Holman might become a catalyst for some other discussions. I'm betting there's probably a lot of eyes on us over the next couple of years to see how it goes and if, if the benefits really come through like we're predicting. All right, that's Fire Chief Ken Gilliam. Thanks a lot for coming in. My pleasure. Anytime, man.